0: Hello and welcome. In this episode, we are going to have a topic that is near and dear to my heart, improv. Also, you'll have an episode that suffered a little bit from technical difficulties. Nevertheless, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Live From Podcast. I am super excited for this because it is all about improv, specifically improv comedy. I've always been a bit of a jokester in my life, but when it came to performing on stage, I shied away from the opportunity for many years. In an effort to meet new people, I decided to attend a comedy class and see what they had to offer. From there, I caught the bug and did a year of improv lessons. Later, I would join an improv team in New Zealand called Love Lamp. For me, improv was a way to meet new people in a country where I knew no one, as well as develop skills that made me a better person and even an employee. You see, in improv, no matter how much you rehearse, you never truly know what is going to happen on stage. So it makes you better at handling what you don't know is going to come. It's very much like real life. You may be called upon when you're not ready. You may really want to go in one direction while everyone else is going a different way. And in perfect times, everything just makes sense and you have a great time. As I said, it's very much like real life. Being a member of an improv team is often something I bring up in job interviews. It seems to score me points when I say that I'm good with public speaking, creating ideas under pressure, and work well with the team. Plus, I always like to plug that I was a member of a team once nominated for best improv group in the country. Now, in this episode, I attended a show that two of my former teammates performed. After the show, I grabbed them and a couple of other improv friends to discuss what improv is like, the highs and lows of improv, the lack of diversity in some places, and how these performers handled lockdown while still performing improv. As I mentioned, there were some technical difficulties when I recorded this episode. Not only was it 1am with all of us being a little tired, but I recorded it while we ate dinner in a fast food restaurant. So the audio may dip at times, but you'll still have some great content to listen to. Without further ado... Can everyone introduce themselves here?
1: Hello, I'm Amy Burt from New Zealand. Hello, my
2: name is Edith. I'm one a Rock.
0: And Edith is from South Africa.
3: Doesn't matter. (laughs) Kia ora, I'm Nick uh, from
0: Aotearoa, New Zealand.
4: Uh, I'm Rebecca from the same place.
0: And thank you all for being here. This is great. We're actually post show for two of you. The other two, you do performance shows. I've actually been in a group with three of you in Love Lamp. Rebecca, you actually teach improv, which is fantastic. Can you tell me a little bit about that?
4: Um, it's very fun. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's uh, when I first started doing it, I was kind of uh, freaked out. But the good thing about teaching improv is that. You can improvise what's happening in the lesson. It's good, it's easier than teaching maths. You can just make up whatever you want, really. It's, I'd say it's maybe the easiest subject to Uh, teach because if you made it up and you failed, then that would be a good lesson about improv.
0: Mm.
2: Yeah, deep shit like that.
4: Oh, there you go, I just thought of that for the (laughs) first time. I can say that if I fail in a class sometime soon. Wow,
0: that's fair, that's fair. And remind me, what was the name of the show tonight that played, oh, do you remember in it?
2: Instant Broadway.
0: Instant Broadway.
2: Yeah.
0: How was it performing musical improv where you were singing everything on the spot and making it up as you go? It's fun. I think like for me
3: what makes it work is just uh, like it, it You have to be bold like you always have to be bold as an improviser but particularly when you're doing a musical because the musician just starts playing something and you're like oh i'm gonna have to sing a song right now um and it's great because i like it to be challenged that like cool go on the spot go loud go big
0: do it right now what is the difference between being challenged in a practice so you're better for the performance and Mm -hmm. being challenged mid-performance I think, I think the difference there is that generally
3: like in a practice I tend to be more analytical so you know you've got a little more of the self critique going on and part of the practice is switching that off and then when you're in show mode like it's more exhilarating and there's a buzz and that stuff doesn't tend to be on my mind um, if I'm going well um, and you know I'm better able to just switch that off and be like you know there's no choice I'm just going to do it um, so you have to step up to that challenge straight away without second guessing yourself at all
2: rehearsals it's almost like military training you hope something sticks so you won't die <laughs> when the front. You, you, it's just you can't remember anything you're just like you kind of feel it and then you just hope people don't boo you and then you win <laughs>
0: that feedback is very very instant. and amy you do improv as well as stand-up how is it how is it between the two which one do you prefer which one do you like <laughs>
1: Mm, interesting question because I think with stand-up it's more microscopic so you kind of you write something you analyze it you perform it a number of times you see you always record your set and see where people laugh and where they don't laugh and you scrap out whatever doesn't work or you change it so that it does work so you're kind of like constantly critiquing and judging and refining and making it better and better and tighter and tighter whereas with improv like (laughs) you just (laughs) make it up on the spot there's a whole bunch of learning in improv too so I guess the learning comes with learning new skills and being in classes and learning from shows and stuff so it's quite different um which do I prefer I can't really say it's a different thing because improv is a team sport right so if you're on stage and you stuff up, your friends are there to kind of fill the gaps, but if you're doing stand-up and you stuff up, you know, only you know where you stuffed up. Audience might not laugh, which is always a bummer, but you know that you've done, you know you've made a mistake and you go home and you're like, damn, I left something out. Oh, God. But with improv, it's more, I don't know. It's like team sport versus individual sport. Swimming versus netball. Badminton. yeah. Uh no. Oh, shit. Is it? Is it? Two people, right? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, like stand up is like masturbation and improv is like an orgy. So. Oh my goodness.
0: Mentally. I do wanna. I do actually wanna compliment you, Amy, because so we've known each other for about a year and a half now. Yes. And I remember you telling me that you were interested in stand-up and then you jumped into it and you told a really funny story. And I thought it was great. Then I saw you perform that story and I, again, still thought it was funny. Then you went into a a school, like a class, like session... I think it was just session one with, with someone in the area. You did this schooling and at the end of it, I saw you perform it and essentially tell that same story again. But it was so much funnier after you had gone through this. And I... Like, I know that, you know, I did a, like, kind of like a year of improv schooling, and so I don't know exactly how long your schooling was, but I noticed that improvement, and your commitment to that really showed, uh, and I haven't seen you perform probably in about six or so months Oh, now. you're
1: missing out.
0: <laughs> so I'm, I am actually, I am eager to see you perform again, because I saw that growth then, and that was just over, I don't know, two months probably? So you, you're probably much better today.
1: Aw, thanks. Yay! Yay. Yay.
0: All of us have spent lockdown separately, and improv is a very communal type of thing um, where we're seeing each other on a weekly basis, sometimes multiple times a week. How did you all handle lockdown? For me, I was kind of forcing people into practicing with me, or actually, just actually more like me practicing around them.
1: With with consent, right? With consent. Well,
0: I don't know if they really enjoyed me singing around them because I would go grab a guitar, and whether it was in tune or not, I would just start playing, (laughs) and then I would sing about someone or about something. (laughs) Ear assaulted. Yes, that's probably what. My friend Simon would call it, because yeah. he was almost always there, and he's French, yeah, and I don't think he like likes an American singing around him every night. <laughs>
4: well, then he's just being snobby, and then he's just walking around like a French stereotype.
0: Uh. What's he
1: doing? <laughs>
0: but what did you guys do to continue your improv during lockdown?
1: Uh, yeah, I jumped straight into making an online format, because I knew that I'd miss improv in real life so I made a thing called Virtually There with my friend Stephen Lyons and it was relatively uh had it was successful and had good uptake and we had um loads of improvisers from around the world play with us Uh, and Rebecca played with us um a couple of times hey um and we based it on the the situation that everyone was in which is having to video call each other so um that's a show that's self-contained, and if there's any outbreak in New Zealand again, we can just easily mobilize it, and yeah, it was a fun time, I liked it. it?
0: Nice. a really cool
4: show, and like, during the lockdown times, it was like, oh, it was like every week on a Saturday, Sunday, Sunday and it was like, oh, they're always doing the show with like a
2: different lineup, it was like really cool. Yeah.
0: I was fortunate to watch a couple of them, I really liked them. Yeah.
2: Honestly, I spent lockdown eating ice cream, watching Netflix and wondering what is the point of our existence but that was just me
0: (laughs) I'm glad you guys I'm pretty sure that's most of the world yeah
2: exactly so I have no time for
3: Um, So, like, I think when lockdown first started, I actually just threw myself into different stuff. So I was, like, doing other things like writing music and spending a lot of time doing handstands and stuff. And I find, you know, if I'm doing stuff like that and I don't really have any improv, I get by okay, Um, as much as lockdown was obviously still a challenging time. But I did do a couple of things. I jumped in with Improverished um, for at least one or two get-togethers. So one of the groups that I'm with just went on when I could. Um, Although, to be fair for me, I work as a school teacher, and we had to do... Like shitloads of um, Zoom calls for our work, and so I got to the point where I didn't really want to do Zoom for fun. I stopped video calls with my family, um, because I was just Zoom burnt out. Um, But I I did actually, I taught a five-day or four-day workshop for kids, which would have been happening in the school holidays normally, but again, we had to put that online. Um, So that was interesting, Um, running groups for kids and teaching them some basic improv games and then sending them into breakout rooms to do like an expert interview or something like that. And that was, that was fun. It gave me the buzz.
0: That's awesome. That's really cool. Did you do any type of online um, teaching for improv?
4: Yeah, so Improverish that Nick and I are in, we just transferred our weekly workshop yeah. online, which it was interesting. I think the same thing kind of happened with um, Love Lamp that Edith and Amy are also in. Where we started off um, just doing improv online, and I think it, it took longer with improvish, but at a certain point, the ratio of catching up to improv that we were doing like it got fifty fifty, and then the catching up kind of overtook the improv, but it was still nice to see everyone uh, once a week. I think that like When we first went into lockdown and we were doing it online, and I was like, oh, you know, this is just the same, this is fine. But then when we had the in-between and we could do it in person, I was like, oh, no, improv is different in person to online. So the next time we had to go online, I was like, oh, now I know. Now I know what I'm missing
2: out on more than before somehow. So it was kind of harder the second time, I think liked about it because the, the online improv I didn't get but I really liked just touching base and seeing how everyone was and even if improv was the excuse for it that was fine I just liked hanging out with everyone I was kind of just chatting I kind of chatted longer than I have to because I didn't understand what, what are we doing sometimes but chatting with people was fun just kind of seeing how everyone was doing
0: I do want to comment that I love your earrings. Oh,
4: thank you. Did you make them? I did. I made them this, not this morning, this afternoon, just before I had to leave the house to go, uh, uh, not judge, but host the high school improv competition. They say yes and on them.
0: Yes and, and that is usually number one rule of improv is accepting whatever you're told and adding to it. So yes and, one of your earrings says yes, and the other says and. Clever idea.
4: Oh, thanks. Oh, thanks. I feel like the more time progresses in society, the more I'm, like, looking for ways to phrase that better, like, the more we're all trying to be educated about, like, consent and stuff. I'm always, like, I have to work harder when I'm teaching, especially to, like, choose a way of phrasing that, that, like i'm not just trying to teach people like something bad about always saying yes to things because i'm like no no i just mean an improv and i just mean about their ideas like obviously don't say yes to whatever in normal life (laughs) but yeah it is good that is one of the satisfying things about teaching i think is that because that's kind of the heart of improv is accepting other people's ideas so watching people like learn how to do that better over time, it's very satisfactory. Because they're also like growing as a, as a person and becoming more kind of considerate and attuned with other people's feelings. It makes you feel good as a teacher. You're like, look at them, they're learning.
0: One of the things that, I, that actually made me feel good being a part of Love Lamp was our diversity. So we had two South Africans, two Americans, and three Kiwis on that and Diversity is like super important to me uh, but one of the things, I don't think I, I asked the ladies of this group before, because when we go see other people, there's not even as much diversity, but specifically, it's not a lot of women that are in comedy, in groups. Some of the more famous ones of New Zealand are all men.
4: Um,
0: <laughs> how do you feel it, about that?
4: I mean, I've never gone to see... an improv show. I'm not going to go see an improv show if it's all men. I'm not going to go there. I have a set amount of money in my wallet and I'm not going to go spend it on someone that's not actively trying to be uh, inclusive like that. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, obviously you don't want to be tokenistic, but sometimes uh, if you have a culture where you're not getting a diverse group of people that are participating in it, then it's something that you all need to address as a community. Like, what are we doing that makes these people feel like... makes other people feel like they can't join in with us? So I think that is a wider conversation that everybody in improv could be having more of. How do we make it more
1: inclusive? Yeah, I I think it's super important because, like, as a concept, improv is such a fun and awesome thing with lots of skills that cross over into real life. And it's a real shame that only a small cross-section of people play for whatever reason there's lots of barriers like it can be expensive or in the wrong location or you just don't know what it is or anyone that you know in your community who does it or anything like that so I think it's a real shame because I think people from all different you know little subsets of the world and everything have different stories and different storytelling you know ability not abilities but ways about them and there's lots of cool stuff that's just not being represented, which is quite sad. I reckon yeah. it'd be cooler if they were just everyone was doing it. But.
4: Well, also because if you're doing improv and like that old thing that everyone says, like my obvious is not your obvious. Like the more diverse people there are doing improv, then the more diverse their like first instincts on stage are going to be. So the better it is for like the quality of improv overall, as well as for helping more people with life skills and stuff. Ah, progress the art form more, more type
2: thing. I think for me, it also depends on where I kind of place myself when I look at something. Sometimes I would just look at something and I'm an observer and I don't necessarily want to be part of it. It doesn't... Because most, for the most time, I see, if I see a bunch of guys doing something really cool, I feel like, no, let's get a bunch of girls and do it even better that's kind of like oh you know and, and not to compete but to be different and then just kind of do our own thing that's always how I think I don't necessarily want to play with the guys I want them to do their thing and I want to do our thing and maybe if we find like-minded people we do something together and everyone just goes at it because I think girls can be awesome and we can do whatever the fuck we want and I think we just need to get together and do it
1: yeah I, I think there needs to be a shit ton of free improv basically yeah. Yeah. like I don't know, we could do it ourselves I guess and just, yeah. you know, get people to come along and... Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah.
4: yeah, definitely. But even though it's free it's still like we're practicing the CBD there's like a lot of people that just the transport would be so hard but yeah I feel like the more improv there is, then hopefully the more it will go into other areas. So, yeah. Also Auckland is like Freaking huge, sprawling city. It's a hard city to try and uh, fill with improv in every nook and cranny of this <laughs> monstrosity that we have constructed for ourselves.
0: It's true. Um, uh, Auckland. Auckland is very wide. very spread out. Oh yeah. Uh, reminds me a lot of some Did of the. You just call
1: my city fat. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm just city saying it's big, crowd. big boned, yeah. big. Boned. Yeah. <laughs>
4: Two hours I reckon. You could spend two and a half hours easily just driving from one side of Auckland to the other. Like Tec- not even that bad.
0: Technically anymore. speaking, I've walked the the length the width of Auckland from coast to coast in three and a half.
4: What?
0: There's a coast. It starts in oh, Anihonga right. ends at the oh, waterfront.
3: That's, that's like the thinnest part. It's like that that's an isthmus. That's the thin part of Auckland that you're walking across. Like they choose this tiny bit where it's easiest.
0: That's true. Oh, I did take was the dick of Auckland.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Why did
0: you do that? Uh, I did that probably when I first, no, but then the first couple of months of being here. Yeah. To kind of get to know the city, I decided, hey, let's walk the entire distance.
4: Okay. <laughs> we should do
3: that. We've all been here
4: for a while. We're, we're I've done that.
3: Hey, I've done that. Oh, you've done that. What I'm a that school day? teacher and I've done it with my kids. Oh,
0: wow. What age are your kids?
3: Uh, like 10. Wow. It's a big walk for some of them.
0: That's a very big walk. It's a big walk. I have an interesting question for you. So, remind me, did you know Matt before we started I Love Lamp? I was
2: supposed to know him. Apparently, I should. We went to the same school, and he's not much younger than me, but I have no recollection of him as a human being.
0: Which I find <laughs> it that. The
2: same, like, primary school? No, same high school. We went to the same high school together. He's two years younger than me. That's so, what I mean about. Walk
0: so, me through that, of yeah. being from a totally different country, both of you, being yeah. from the same... Same, ice-
2: same little town, same high school, everything. We practically grew up together, and I have no idea. When he said, like, he came from that school, like, yeah, you're lying. <laughs> but then my brother confirmed that he does indeed know him and you just happened to end up in the same improv group but in New Zealand I, I do have to say this my long term memory is not great it's never been so it's not
1: day off the drugs Edith. that's no
2: children let me be a lesson <laughs> but yeah honestly yeah so that was it so now I, I, I'm imagining that I remember him, but I don't I, I've looked through photo albums to kind of just confirm me exists. I'm sure he feels the same I don't think we remember each other it's long ago. I'm older than you think. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you guys had like a secret
4: romance when you were like 14 and you deliberately blocked it from your That's memory. That's what
2: happened. <laughs> that must be it. <laughs> it's so shameful. Then, then every, time, every time I kind of go, now introduce yourself, it just means we had a secret romance. It has nothing to do with my memories. I can remember <laughs> your name. It's fine. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. That's hilarious. <laughs> I, I wish that were true. <laughs> But that is the craziest thing, that from high school, another country, yeah. you know, what is it, 40 years ago, down the road. I'm just kidding, Edith, you're not a day over 30.
2: Thank you so much. That's a lie, though. There are people who know me, and I, yeah, you're right. I'm not a day over 30.
0: <laughs> so a little bit of a final question. It's an either or. Um, you can either ask, answer both of these questions, or you can answer one of them. Um, a, question A. What's next? And question number two, what encouragement for those who are interested in improv would you give?
1: Uh, What's next? I'm gonna interpret that as what's next in terms of performance stuff. Um, Is that what you mean?
0: (laughs) Yes, yes. All right, so. Tell me about your performance. How is it? Is that what you mean?
1: I don't know. Well, actually, uh, I'm in this very cool show called Rehab, um, which is coming out in February. It's an improvised show where all the characters are kind of set and you develop your own character, but the show's improvised. And it's about a set of people that uh, meet in a drug and alcohol rehab facility. And it's um, directed and created by a wonderful girl called um, Liz. What's her last name? I don't know. Um, C- 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 Croft. Croft. It's a C- Croft. Um, and, yeah, she's she's got a really cool personal story with that whole kind of issue and um, has made this cool show. So that's what we're looking for, Edith and uh, looking forward to Edith and I. And uh, we'll be doing Love Lamp still on the 15th of December is our next show. Not that anyone listening to this can come, but it's fun. I don't know. And I'm going to keep doing stand-up. And
3: what's next? Keep doing the stuff that I've been doing and keep looking for new stuff, basically. Um... Uh, what advice would I give to people interested in improv? Try it. Try it. If you get that feeling like, oh, maybe I should do some improv. I like what those people are doing. What is this? Go and actually try it. Find a group wherever you are because um, you'll meet cool people and like it'll us. be fun. Exactly, like us. You can be like the people you're listening to right now. And what could be better than that?
0: You could be at at Better Burger at midnight <laughs> <laughs> recording a podcast. That's
2: fun. Yeah, that's, that's cool. It's a fun night, and the burger was burger looked delicious. I didn't have one. <laughs> you
0: didn't eat, I and have, the burger was delicious I, that you didn't no, eat. No,
2: but I have regrets. I've had it before, but not tonight.
0: You were um, eating my fries.
2: I the did.
3: Is for new improvisers?
2: <laughs> yes. It's for life, really. It's for everyone. Think carefully about your
3: burger choices. Don't, don't sit there in envy. Eat it. Just eat the fucking burger.
2: Yeah, that's
4: right, like if you're thinking about doing improv, you're like watching the other people eat the delicious burger. Just order one. Give it a go, you know? Yeah. If you like, if you want to give it a go, you can find a class. See if they offer a free trial for your first class. See if there's any groups that you can hang out with. Like the joy of improv is being able to fail and learn. So, yeah. What's more improv-y than the first time you try improv, really? Um, yeah, that's that's my advice.
0: There yeah. is usually free improv in so many places. And like the many states I've been to and then coming here, there was so many different opportunities in Auckland pre-COVID um, that it seems like you can almost do like a month trial, basically, of different types of improv before yeah. you actually commit to it. Which, so I like... Yeah, there's plenty out there. You just got to find it, uh, pending the safeguards of your region and or state and or country, depending on where you are listening to this.
4: Oh wait, can I plug my show?
0: Yes. <laughs> oh, I mean, nobody knows when this podcast is actually going to tell gonna come
4: out. Because I feel proud. Uh, it's called "Can I Get an Underground Location in a Mythical Creature?" and it's a live Dungeons and Dragons improv show. Uh <laughs> Didn't you already see it last Did year? We Edith,
0: mouth. we saw this together.
4: Oh my God, <laughs> when uh, I see it again. I it might be happening in the comedy festival if they accept us and also we have a show called Random Fairy Tale Generator that will definitely be happening in the fringe festival because they don't get to pick we just tell them we're doing it.
2: See this again. I love your shows. I think it's so nice. I
0: don't know if it recorded it but I did say earlier that the Dungeons and Dragons show was one of my favorite shows that I've seen in my tenure in New Zealand. It was fantastic. You had a great group. I feel sorry for the girl who got a bloody nose mid oh mid show. I about but it I worked really so nose. well for the scene. It was like made it so much more intense and funny. And yeah, I hope she's doing okay now.
4: I I don't know. I don't think she's had a blood nose since then. I don't know.
3: There, there was an incident involving being a cat, but that's a different story.
4: Oh, yeah, that's a different story, yeah. She, like, broke her knee on stage pretending yeah. to be a cat. <laughs> oh, my <Yeah>. God. <laughs> is it the same girl whose nose bled? Yes. She's an amazing actor, but clearly has a very breakable She's body. Far, though. How did you break her leg?
0: That well, is a lot of commitment. her
4: knee, I think, and then had to go back and keep pretending to be a cat for another half an hour on stage.
3: Has anyone else been hurt doing improv?
4: Jed was hurt in, in our show in the previous Fringe Festival when I, the narrator, called on the, like, giant two-headed bear. And so uh, Frankie, who had a bloody nose and a broken leg, like, climbed on his shoulders like he would at a concert, and then they got stuck on stage for, like, five... Like, oh, quite a while to be on a person's shoulder. I think Jed's spine maybe permanently uh, suffered from that. I don't know. <laughs> We clearly need more
1: safety precautions kind in of our I'm are you running? I don't know. I'm in charge. I shouldn't allow this to happen. I got hurt once, but it was just a bruised ego because I did a really shit show. <laughs> oh my gosh. Look,
0: don't listen to this. Listen to the advice we gave before about trying this stuff. Just before we were talking about, you know, advice and good things to do, give it a try, and now we have injuries. <laughs> Dislocated knees, a bruised yeah. ego. Mental
4: health problems.
0: <laughs> Try improv. You'll end up in a hospital. <laughs> hey, thank everyone so much for being on this. This has been great. This is the highlight of uh, my day. Uh, and it's been great meeting you all through improv and outside of improv being friends with you. So... In this episode, I mentioned how you can try a variety of types of improv for free. Now, this may not be true in every city and country, but I highly recommend that you look into your city and what improv is available to you, doing it safely, of course, as things open up in your area or region. Improv is so vast in its variety. I have participated in improv that was meant to be serious only to engage in made-up conversations, teaching people how to interact or how to react in various discussions. I've seen multilingual improv where all the participants spoke their own language and did their best to create a scene without understanding one another. Though it may be similar, each experience and style is unique to the moment. So go out, give it a try, and you never know, you might like it. This has been another episode of the Live From Podcast. I've been your host, Michael Nunez. Feel free to rate and review the podcast, and of course, subscribe for more. Until next time.